Thanks for joining us on the Forward Church Podcast. Amen. How many of y'all believe there's power in the mighty name of Jesus? Every war he wages, he will win. As a matter of fact, on the count of three, can we just shout that powerful name? One, two, three. It's the very name. You know, at the very mention of the name of Jesus, the enemy has to flee. When the name of Jesus is spoken in faith, the enemy flees, circumstances begin to change, mountains can be moved. I believe in the name of Jesus tonight. Amen. Amen. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. How many of y'all are excited to be at midweek tonight? Amen. Amen. I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer one more time. We're just going to ask God's will to be done uh, in the remainder of this this night and uh, just ask God to open up your heart and your mind to receive uh, from his word in this lesson tonight. Will you pray with me? God, I come before you and I praise you for who you are. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to come into your house. God, let us not take this moment for granted. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, God, that everything that we say, everything that we do, we want it to bring glory and honor to your name. God, let Lord, let your reputation be honored and protected in this house, and we'll give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise as you're being seated. Listen, just a couple of quick things before uh, Pastor Cassie and I dive into the Word tonight. Uh, We've got so many exciting things coming up here at Forward, and I don't want to take this moment for granted tonight, so I just want to let you know about a few of them, actually just two of them. Um, first and foremost, we have uh, a small group team, or small group leaders meeting slash training coming up next Wednesday night. And so, if you are interested, semi-interested, or if you even think that hey, I might can do this, uh, show up at our small group leaders training uh, next Wednesday night. Uh, we need all the small group leaders we can get to make uh, small groups successful. As a matter of fact, one of the sayings that we have around here is that we are not a church um, with small groups. We are a church of small groups. And what that means is we would not be who we are if it wasn't for small groups. Amen. We, uh, we meet in groups, but then we come together on Wednesday night, and when, then we come together on Sunday morning for corporate uh, worship and uh and and the word but i'm going to tell you we would not be who we are without small groups so if you're interested in that you can see pastor tristan tonight um and just uh uh just get more information about that about that small group leader meeting coming up next wednesday night also if you're new to forward um as a matter of fact if you're new to forward uh forward family can we give all of our guests a hand tonight come on amen amen you know, I normally don't do this on Wednesday night, but if, uh, if you're new to Forward, I would love to connect with you. So take a few moments. There's a connect card in the back of the uh, seat somewhere close by. Uh, fill that out for just a few moments. It just takes a few moments to fill that out. Uh, as a matter of fact, you can bring it to me personally after church. Just hang on to it. Bring it to me. I would love to, to meet you and connect with you. And I want to let you know about one important thing uh, that we do for um, newer people uh, that if you're new to Forward is uh, Pastor's Lunch. And as a matter of fact, it's coming up in just um, a couple of Sundays. This is something we do on the third Sunday of every month. This the third Sunday of every month. As a matter of fact, registration is open right now. If you go to the Church Center app, uh, you can click on sign-ups, go down to Pastor's Lunch, uh, fill out the form, and it, it'll be submitted. We'll provide lunch for you that day. Uh, we'll have child care if you need child care. 
and uh, we'll just um, try to, the purpose of this is just to connect with you, for you to get to know us, and for us to get to know you, and we just want to uh, make that um, a time where we can just sit down and connect with each other. So I'm so excited about that opportunity, uh, especially if you're new here to Forward. So uh, one more time, can we just give it up for all of our guests tonight? How many of y'all are excited about this new word? Amen? You're excited? Uh, I'm just going to turn this over to my wife, and I'm going to let her introduce this tonight, and I'm excited about what God has in store. I'm so excited about this study, um, overcoming when you feel overwhelmed. So we have a joke amongst the staff that we're all going to get t-shirts made that says, I survived the summer of 2023. <laughs> anybody feel like that? In it's the a house? hashtag. Okay, anybody waving <laughs> at me? I, I have some witnesses in the place, okay? So I feel like um, this. It, there's just been a season of overwhelm. And you know, the world that we live in is so fast-paced. Um, I was talking to someone today that even the pace that we live at versus the pace that I feel like our parents had to live in, our grandparents, it's just like the world is so, it's everything so quick, and it's just really easy to, to find ourselves in a season where we are so overwhelmed, and we don't know how to get our mind out of that place. Right. Like sometimes even our schedule will get out of that place, but our mind will not. And so... When we were looking for studies for um, the fall, we found this study, and we said, this is it. This is it. And I know that that was confirmed today. We put out a, a video just saying what the study was going to be, and within like 30 minutes, over 1,000 people had watched the video, and people from all over the state were like, we want to know about this study. So this is not just something that you're feeling, this feeling of overwhelm. This is a feeling that's being felt across this state in many places and so I think we can but I think God's word has the answer amen I think God's word has the answer for us and he doesn't want us to live yeah, in a season give him of praise. overwhelm amen. amen give him praise yeah. yeah he doesn't want us to live in that repetitive state of overwhelm you know but we've all been there where we feel like giving up right where we're in the middle of a trying season questions like how did I get here how did this happen things like heartbreak discouragement, fear, fear. I, I can't tell you how many people I'm counseling with every day that fear is real in, in the life of the believer. I'm not just talking about the world. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about we have people dying on the vine yeah. because they are, they are caused, they are like led to be almost dysfunctional due to fear, depression, loss, spiritual warfare, betrayal, legal battles, and, and this book, this study that we're going to go through together um, is about real life. But it's more than that. It's about a real Savior who in the midst of a season of overwhelm is writing your story. Amen. God is not in heaven racking his brain thinking they're overwhelmed and I don't know what I'm going to do. Do you know that God's eyes are fixed on you? He yes. knows the plans he has for you. And yes. the Bible says they're good plans. That's good. They're not plans for you to go crazy and lose your mind. Absolutely. He wants you to overcome the overwhelm. Amen. You know, in a season of overwhelm, the introduction of this study talks about we will feel like our nest, the comfort of our life is being disheveled and busted up. Has anybody ever been in a season like that where all of a sudden it's like everything around us seems to be dismantling and we feel so overwhelmed, right? But sometimes God will allow our nest to be dis 
dismantled so that we can be pushed out of the nest and we can fly. <laughs> Sometimes God needs to get us a little uncomfortable so that we can hear his voice because God is more concerned with our growth than he is our comfort. Amen. Yes, absolutely. And we live in a world that teaches us to do what makes us happy, but God wants us to do what makes us holy. And he, and that doesn't always include being comfortable. Sometimes it puts us through seasons where we feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Sometimes what seems to be cruelness can be beneficial. Yeah. Where we're put in seasons where we ask God, why would you call me to even answer this question? Why would you put me in a position to make this decision? It seems like it would be cruel that God would not just tell us specifically what he wants us to do. However, sometimes things that seem cruel and hard, God is giving us that opportunity because he trusts us with us yes. with it and he's going to strengthen us in it. Amen. But sometimes as Christians and even as a church, we can go through like a nesting season yeah. where we're like, we're just comfortable with the way things are and the people we hang around and the calling that we've always been in and we're comfortable but um, listen what Deuteronomy 32 and 11 and 12 says it actually talks about the stirring up it says as an eagle stirs up its nest and hovers over its young spreading out its wings taking them up and carrying them on its wings do you know the mama eagle will disrupt her nest so that her little eagles will learn how to fly <laughs> she loves them right where they are in the confines of where they are, but she knows if she keeps them there and she doesn't push them out, if she doesn't dishevel that nest a little bit, they will almost be handicapped where they are and they won't grow. And God is the same way with us. Sometimes it takes a season of disturbance to get us out of the nest and into the air. And that is what this study is going to be all about. Yeah, and I want y'all to know that you are destined for higher ground. Yeah. Yes. That didn't get the response that I thought it ought to get. You are destined for higher ground. Yes. You're not destined for where you are now. You're not destined to, to just stay complacent, to sit still. As a matter of fact, the vision that God has for us is moving forward together. And that's a movement. That has movement to it. And we can't be a nester person or a nester church. Meaning we're just comfortable with our four no more. Yeah. We're comfortable with this is how it's been, this is how it is, and this is how it's always going to be. That's one of the last mentalities of a dying church. Yeah. And so you can't have that nester mentality where our comfort is above anything else. When you put your comfort above anything else, listen, we're talking about overcoming when you feel overwhelmed. Every sense, every overwhelming feeling that you feel, maybe, maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe it's God giving you an opportunity to stretch you and to get outside of your comfort zone. So in overwhelming seasons, we have to remember the story of Job. Think about the story of Job. Job actually, and I'm paraphrasing a lot of this, made statements when, when, when he was going through these seasons of testing and temptation. He said, I wish I could go back to the way things used to be. He would make statements like, I wish I could go back to the nest. I wish I could go back to how it was. How many of y'all has ever heard statements like that before? How many of y'all has ever said statements like that before? But God allowed Job to walk through some overwhelming seasons. 
God allowed Job to go through a lot of overwhelming seasons. And I want to ask you, have you ever wondered how something so good, maybe it's a relationship, God-given calling, meaningful job, all of these good things, have you ever wondered how something so good can turn out so wrong? Everything's going good. Everything, I've got it like I like it, God. That's a Rick and Bubba statement right there. I got it like I like it. Everything's going good. How can something go wrong when everything is going so good? Let me answer that. It's when sin creeps into these good areas of our lives and we begin to just try to grasp onto these broken pieces and we begin asking God to make sense of all this mess. God, what's, what's, what's happening here? You know, and, and we have to realize the attacks we face in this life that overwhelm us are from the enemy. And when we realize that and the battle of the mind that, that we face, the battle that, that we face in our mind every single day in this age is, is a battle that, that, that the enemy is constantly, um, you know, facing us with these, these emotions of fear, emotions of, of anxiety and stress. But just because... Just because you're overwhelmed doesn't mean you have to immediately default to an emotion of fear or an emotion of stress or that type of emotion. When in seasons of, 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 of overwhelming, know that you have a choice how to react in those seasons. You can react like the world reacts or you can react like a child of God yes. reacts. Yes. So yes. Satan is making an all-out attempt to capture this generation that we're in today. He's after our minds. Depression, anxiety, confusion, pride is on an all-time rampage. These are battles that we face, what? In the what? In the mind. I've heard it said, the greatest battle over your soul happens between your ears. A constant diet of sensuality is being served through the media these days. A, a, a deadly war between good and evil rages, not just in the air, but in our minds. And I want, you, I want to just make a side statement right here. We live in a day and an age where entertainment is at the top of the list. Amen or oh me. Entertainment is at the top of our list because we live a life, an overwhelming life, in an overwhelming pace. We want to do everything we can to feel good. So we turn to entertainment. We turn to, and, and, and listen to me. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not preaching against entertainment, but what I am saying is if you're filling that void with entertainment, you can't expect to get the results that you're looking for in those overwhelming areas of your life. Because it's in, it's in those moments when we need to be turning to the Word of God. I, I, was, and, and, and I'm, I know I'm taking a long time right here, but I'm very passionate about this point. I was watching a video earlier this week. Uh, on, on, on some of the um, discoveries that has been made in science because today it's, it just seems like when you start using the word science Christians start getting defensive especially old school Christians because I've heard it said through the word uh, through, through the mouth of someone that I admire and I look up to a lot well that's where, that's where the world started going bad is when, when they started looking at all this and, and studying all this science stuff if you really look at it, a lot of the major scientific discoveries of their time 
were discoveries that were made by theists. People who believed in God and they were actually, stu- they were actually discoveries that were almost on accident. These, these formulas of, of actually gravity was discovered by studying the divine design of creation. And through, through one's pursuit of wanting to know more about God, all of these scientific discoveries was, was made. But see, what we have done today is we're not, and Lord help me right here, I'm trying to be encouraging, we're not actively pursuing God like we're actively pursuing entertainment. And all entertainment is doing is frying our brains. <laughs> Lord help me. I'm, 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 all, all the enemy wants to do is just distract you from the real problem and distract you from actually, and I'm, I'm trying to stay calm. But he's trying to numb us. But thankfully, God has left us a survival guide of how to live in times like these. 2 Timothy 3, 1 says, in the end, perilous times will come. The Greek word for perilous here is chalepos. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, right or not, but I did the best I could. It's used twice in the New Testament. Once here in 2 Timothy 3, 1, where it says perilous times, that word perilous is chalepos. The other instance is Matthew 8, 28. Do you know what happens in Matthew 8, 28? It's describing two demon-possessed men, men that are extremely fierce. So the Bible uses this word chalepos, meaning fierce or perilous, to describe the times that we're living in right now. And our lives may then reflect this extreme fierceness. And, and you know, it, does your life reflect the time that we're living in, or does it reflect... Your God that you, that you serve because 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 5 tells us this also. But know this, in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Somebody say unthankful. unthankful. Unholy. Somebody say unholy. unholy. Unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They'll preach, having a form of godliness, this is the word we always quote, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people it says, turn away. We live in a generation of uns. Uns. Unholy, unthankful, unloving, unforgiving. This is the generation of uns. And it's time we turn from that. So don't be discouraged. What is out of your control is in his control. God is in complete control. You have not escaped the gaze of God. And since the world is growing increasingly evil, the word of God, the the world is not our problems as long as we hold true to the word of God. And we must, that the word of God must be where our focus and our, our attention is on throughout this life. Absolutely, because it is easy in a season of overwhelm to put our eyes on our problem and not put our eyes on God. But God wants us to know that 
um, we can overcome when we feel overwhelmed, you know. So, but how do we do that? And that's what this study is going to be about. You're saying, uh, guys, that, that, that I can overcome when I'm overwhelmed, but how do I do that? If you're facing trouble, maybe God is bringing you into the discipline. This is what this book said today, and I was like, I'm quoting this exactly like it says. It was so powerful. If you're facing trouble, maybe God is bringing you into the discipline of divine disturbance. Divine disturbance. Amen or oh me. We like the nest, but God wants to disturb the nest. God will often humble who he wants to exalt. And we want to be exalted. We want a platform, but sometimes God says, I need you to be a platform before you can be on the platform. Yes. Thank you. Praise the Lord. You know, we, we live in a world that it's about the accolades. It's about the title. But... God, when God is going to use you greatly, yeah. there are seasons where he will allow you to hurt deeply. That's hard. That's a hard concept to grasp from a God that we know is loving, right? That, that those that he's going to use greatly, he will allow them to walk through seasons of hurt. But some of you need to realize that God is not going to waste your pain. That some of the things that you're going through, you feel like, why is God, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And though it may be the enemy throwing it at you, God's not going to waste that testimony. He's going to use it. Yeah. He's going to strengthen you, and he's going to strengthen others through it. Think about all the great men and women in the Bible who were used by God to do great things. Yeah. They were people who were hurt deeply. They were men of war. They were women who lost children. They were, you know, I, I think about, I, th I thought about Mary during this study. Yeah. And how God trusted her. He loved her. He let her birth the son of God. But then she had to watch him die on a cross. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, if God trusts you and loves you and is going to use you, that doesn't mean that he's going to exempt you right. from, from the hardships of this life. Um, you know, sometimes you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to hurt. But God will allow that sometimes. Job, we go back to Job. The study's about him a lot. He was accustomed to this type of season. Wave at me if you know the story of Job, right? He lost a lot. He lost his children. He lost his wealth. People turned their back on him. Even his wife, his sweet, precious wife of God said, Go, Job, will you just curse God and die already? Like, I'm tired of all this hardship. You're out here praising God like everything's okay. And we've lost our children. We've lost our business. We've lost it all, you know? I laugh because I'm doing a teaching with my wife, and you're talking about Job's wife. Precious wife it, of Yeah, God. I'm sorry. He it just, that's why that I laughed. It was not, statement. The statement itself was not funny. It it's was okay. just ironic that okay. anyway. That's okay. Rabbit trail. A rabbit trail. Yeah. But you know what? Job had to answer three questions in his season of overwhelm that sooner or later all of you will have to answer. Whether you're in an overwhelming season now, you know someone that's in an overwhelming season that you want to help, or you will be in a over. You will, we all in the faith eventually have to answer these three questions. Number one, if you're taking notes, can God be trusted when I am submerged into suffering? Can God be trusted when I'm suffering? Because, listen, faith is not about escaping suffering. 
Faith is about enduring suffering with a spirit of praise. That's good. And that is something that we are not preaching anymore. We are preaching that once you get saved, it's going to be okay. You're gonna, we're, we're going to overcome, like the book says. We're going to. But just because we're overcomers doesn't mean that we're going to escape all the suffering of this life. But even in the suffering, we have to ask ourselves, can God be trusted in the middle of this? If he doesn't take me out of it, can he still be trusted? If he decides to walk with me in the fire and not take me out of the fire, can I still trust him? That's what we all eventually have to ask ourselves because Job lost everything. He lost everything. But he learned that he could trust God even when he did not understand God. He learned that he could trust God even when he was submerged into suffering. We have to answer the question, can God be trusted when I'm suffering? Number two, we have to answer the question, can God be trusted when people I love forsake me? Mm. Can God be trusted when people that I love forsake me? Listen, you're going to face that in this life. If it's a child, if it's a spouse, if it's a parent, if it's all three. Can God still be trusted when other people forsake me? Job 19, 14 says, My relatives have failed me and my closest relatives and friends have forgotten about me. Anybody ever been there? You just felt like everybody, everybody's forgotten. They've moved on. But you know what? The Bible says we have a friend in our God that sticks closer than a brother. That's right. We have a God that will never leave us yes. and never forsake us. Number three, we have to answer the question, can you trust God when you are walking through extreme darkness? Can you trust God when you're walking through extreme darkness? Job thought God, if you will read the book of Job, much of Job, the book, is Job expecting God to give him answers for what was going on. Have you ever been in a season where you wanted God to answer you and he didn't? Raise your hand. We don't like to talk about it. We don't like to talk about that because we would all like to think that every time we ask God, he just specifically tells us, and he doesn't. That's not the way it works. He couldn't understand what God was doing, why he was doing it, and why God was so silent. Why are you so silent? But God eventually reminded Job that he was sovereign, that he was sufficient, and he had sympathy for him, and he restored Job. He restored Job. He didn't answer Job when Job wanted, but he was on time in his sovereignty, in his sufficiency, in his sympathy. That's good. And I want somebody to know that's here tonight. Maybe you're in a season of overwhelm and you're asking, you're praying, and you're wanting God to answer. Just because you can't see him doesn't mean he's not working on your behalf. Just because you can't hear him audibly doesn't mean that he's not working on your behalf. He's sufficient for your needs. He's sufficient for your needs, even if you have to walk through a dark season. The book made this powerful quote um, in this introduction. It said, all of heaven holds its breath to see what your answer will be to the question, can I trust God? Can I trust him? Can I trust him when things are dark? Can I trust him when people betray me? Can I trust him when things seem chaotic? Can I trust him? I want you to know something tonight. God loves you more than anything. And so no matter what battle you're facing tonight, take comfort in knowing that there's a God who loves you more than anything and more than anyone else loves you. He made you for a purpose. 
He's going to watch over you. You are chosen for such a time as this. As a matter of fact, if you feel like the battles you have had to fight and the faith are becoming increasingly harder and harder, there's a reason for this. And know this is the reason. Jesus is coming soon. The time we are living in the end times. We are living, these are perilous times. So before... Before, you know, this, this, before Jesus comes back, before that happens, the enemy's goal is to take out as many believers as he, as he can. That's his goal. He aims to keep us from living the life God created us to live, number one. And number two, he, 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 he wants to prevent us from telling others about the God that loves them and knows them by name. That's, that's his goal. And the tormenting spirits of depression, anxiety, lust, fear, and discouragement are really on high alert today more than I believe ever before. And their target is set on you. That's the truth. The, in, the, the more the enemy can keep you distracted and dysfunctional. You know, dysfunctional is, worth, is, is, is worse than not functioning. That's something that you have to understand dysfunctional is meaning something's functioning it's just not functioning properly it's actually completely wrong and it's almost worse than not functioning whatsoever so the more the enemy can keep you distracted and dysfunctional the less you can access the less you will access your potential in the time that God needs you right here right now and when we say last days, I want to ask you, what, are you, what do you think of when we say last days? What, what type of emotions do you experience? Because a lot of people that I talk to today about last days or about, man, Jesus is coming back, a lot of people start getting fearful. A lot of people, man, get, get overwhelmed. But if we ignore the truth about the second coming of Jesus, we are cheating ourselves and the next generation of the truth that life is about, it, life is about eternity, not just the here and now. There is an eternity that is so much greater than the drop in the bucket of this life here and now. The Bible says that the troubles that we face here and now are, are, are so small compared to the glory that we're going to behold in eternity. So we are responsible for the preaching. We are responsible for the teaching of the world to get ready. Be prepared because Jesus is coming. That ought to be a message that every single one of us has on our lips every single day. Hey, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Hey, he's coming back. He's coming back. But often we forget to do this, not because we're selfish or we don't care, but because often it's, it's, it's because we're so overwhelmed. We're so busy. And all the overwhelming, what we're, what we're trying to do is just survive. Each one of you in this room tonight, and I know we got to land this plane. If y'all don't mind, Pastors Adam and Kayla, do y'all mind coming on up? What we're trying to do in this life, a lot of us, we're just trying to survive. And, and all we're doing, all we can to just survive ourselves, who has time to go out here and actually make sure others are ready to meet Jesus? Lord, I'm doing all I can just to make sure I'm ready to meet Jesus. That's what it feels like sometimes. But God's called you to live a life so much greater than just surviving. He's called you to be an overcomer. He's called you to be an overcomer. Jensen wrote this book. Pastor Jensen Franklin wrote this book because he feels there is a lack of knowledge as it pertains to end times. And also because he feels 
listen to this, truth bomb, the spirit of Jezebel has been released into the culture of the world and the church. Jesus told us, don't be troubled. God has equipped us for this season and this time. We must live for Jesus daily and look for him to come, but we have to occupy until he comes. God has permitted you and me to live in this season of prophetic history, and we must strive to live well. I'm talking about live well, not just surviving. And even in the midst of overwhelming times, we can overcome. We can can overcome when we feel overwhelmed. There are giants out there, but God has given us what we need to fight them. He's given you everything you need. We're in a war. Some say it's political. Some say it's cultural. Cultural, but more than anything, it's a spiritual war. And we have to engage in this spiritual battle that we're in. Yes, we've got to identify the true enemy. It's not our spouse. It's not anybody else. It's the enemy. He's the one that's behind all of the overwhelm, all of the chaos. He is the mastermind. He is the one that we need to go to war against, not our families. We need to war for we need to go to war for our family, not against our family. We need to go to war for our coworker, not against our coworker. We need to go to war for our children, for our spouse, not against them. You know, every generation before us has seen some of the signs of end time prophecy be fulfilled but we are the only generation that has watched them all be fulfilled it is literally the time for jesus to return i heard that preached all the time when i was a little girl i mean they would have hell so hot you would go to the altar every sunday morning (laughs) you would be like just in case i'm not ready (laughs) and i know some people feel a certain way about that but i'm telling you what those saints knew how to pray, Amen. and they knew how to live right. So we better not throw too much judgment on the way that they did things. That's right. You hear what I'm saying? They Amen. were ready for Jesus to come, and they were telling other people he's coming. And now it's our job. Now it's mine and your job to do that, to pick up that mantle. You may not be totally convinced that we're living in the last days because you may have heard it your whole entire life. Right, And it's easy to get apathetic and indifferent, but we have to remember that we have arrived at the acceleration of end time events. And that is why the earth is experiencing an overwhelm like never before. That is why mental health is in an all-time crisis right now. It is because the enemy knows he is so afraid because he knows that he is going to lose. He just wants to know how many people he can take with him. But he's not taking me, and he's not taking my family, and he's not taking my church, and he's not taking my city. Because God has given me everything I need to be an overcomer in the middle of the overwhelm, and he's given it to you too. It's not just for me, it's for you. It's for you. You're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of your testimony. He's made you to be more than an overcomer, more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says you are. Remain standing. standing. That's what the Bible says you and I are. We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Are we going to face dark times? Yes, but it's going to be okay. God is in control. When you're not in control, God is in control. He is in control of your situation. So this is what we're going to do tonight. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And I want, if you've been battling in a season of overwhelm, for you to launch into worship 
recognizing the true enemy. It's not your spouse. It's not your coworker. It is the enemy. And he is scared to death of the power of Jesus Christ that lives on the inside of you. Open up your mouth and worship the Lord. Declare his word over your life that you're more than an overcomer. We are going to be going through this study together, but grab the Bible, grab God's word, and you remind yourself, encourage yourself in the Lord. And remember that you've been made more than an overcomer through Christ Jesus. I'm going to pray. If that's you tonight, if you need prayer, come to this altar. If you need prayer and you want someone to pray with you, come up and stand. Remain standing. And one of our altar prayer team members, they're going to come as I start praying, and they're going to pray with you. If you just want some private time to say, God, I recognize that I'm living in this season, but I'm believing that you're bringing me out of this season of overwhelm because I'm called to be more than an overcomer, and you just want some private time, I want you to come and kneel. If you kneel, that's going to be our prayer team's indication that you want to pray privately. Prayer team, that's how we're going to operate tonight. You're going to come as I pray. If you want to be agreed with in prayer by our prayer team, come to a prayer team member. If you want to pray and worship on your own, you can come to these altars. You can stay in your seat. But I want you to know that God's made you to be more than an overcomer. You're more than an overcomer. You're leaving here different than the way you came. You don't have to leave the same way you came in Jesus' name. You don't have to wait till we get to this to the end of this book to be free. You can be free tonight. You can leave different tonight. You don't have to leave the way you came. So, Lord, I pray tonight over our people. Altar prayer team, you guys go ahead and come. Lord, I pray over our people tonight. And I thank you for your word because your word is living. Your word is life. Your word is power. And, God, in you we live and move and have our being. So I pray tonight that somebody will recognize that you are sovereign and you are sufficient and you are sympathetic to the season that they are living in. You have ears and you hear. You have eyes and you see. And Lord, you look upon them and you see them as your own, God. You see them as a child of God. And you're going to give them what they need to leave here different, Lord. You're going to show them how to walk in freedom daily. Lord, not just a one-time experience and then back into bondage. Lord, somebody that's been living, Lord God, from, from one moment of sin to the next is leaving here tonight free in Jesus' name. Free of addiction in Jesus' name. Free of anxiety in Jesus' name. Free of fear in Jesus' name. Lord, somebody's marriage is leaving differently tonight because a mindset is going to begin to change that my spouse is not my enemy, but the enemy is the enemy. And I'm not going to war against my spouse anymore, but I'm going to war against the enemy. And I'm going to claim victory over my home in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray over our people. I thank you for them. I bless them in the name of the Lord. God, I pray your protection be upon them. I pray your favor be upon them. Lord, I pray your love shine round about them, encompass them in their day-to-day living. Let it go with them. Let it come with them in the name of Jesus. Thanks again for joining us for today's message at Forward Church. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook or check us out at forwardchurchonline.com.